Hey, everyone. This is Brian doing something a little bit different this week, uh, doing a solo pod. It's going to be kind of like a, uh, a Nuggets Week in Review. If you've listened to any of our past episodes, you know the Nuggets are my favorite. Uh, I like to talk about the Nuggets quite a bit. So I thought I'd do a shorter pod, but kind of review what's happened this past week. Uh, I figure this will be beneficial for a couple different reasons. If you're like my family and friends in Denver, then obviously it's a little difficult to actually watch the games nowadays. And also, if you're like me and you just can't get enough of the Nuggets, then hopefully this will be another good way to just see what I think is interesting about the team going on right now. So with that, let's get started. To review the games that happened, we had four of them. First one was opening night, ring night. It was the Lakers in town, and we had been waiting 47 years for this night. Nuggets got their rings, raised the championship banner, and uh, it seemed like the crowd was super hyped for everything going on, and it lived up to the hype. The rings are pretty cool. They're they're giant, of course, and, and they look good. And then they had kind of like a ring inside of a ring with a little mini banner. Um, I thought I thought they were pretty cool. Just championship rings in general are just ridiculous. But you could tell when the players saw them, they were pretty blown away too. So I thought that was a great start. And then when the banner was being raised, it was just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It, it was something that I never thought would happen yet. Here are the players with their beautiful championship rings on, kind of touching the banner before it goes up. I thought that was kind of a cool touch. They just, they all wanted to touch it just to um, say they did before it hangs in the rafters forever. So it was such a fun night. Um, I felt so great for obviously Jokic being being our leader, but uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., just for what they've had to battle through with the injuries. Jamal came out when he was introduced and did his Blue Arrow celebration for the first time in a while. So that that was uh, probably my favorite moment. And then guys like Aaron Gordon, KCP, just I love this team. And it was just so fun to watch the, watch the game. And I definitely got a little emotional at times. And it was just a great night. I, I enjoyed it all around. So what a way to kick off the season. And then hopefully we'll be doing it again next year. So once the game actually started, it uh, it was it felt like a playoff game. The Lakers were really they were playing hard. They they were uh, wanting to prove that last year's sweep maybe uh, was closer than a, than a sweep indicates. And so they were playing hard. They uh, they were playing pretty well. It's uh, pretty well known now. AD with his media day interview saying that he and LeBron had had some conversations and they were going to show him what's up on opening night and stuff like that. And yeah, that didn't, that didn't work, but, uh, it was, it was great because the nuggets came out intense as well. And so it really felt like a playoff game in game one and the nuggets handled their business. They, they did really well. And something exciting for me happened is I actually tied Anthony Davis for the same number of points in the second half of that game. So pretty proud of myself. I don't know if AD's as proud of that accomplishment as I am, but it was pretty cool to watch. And so Nuggets ended up winning 119-107. And truthfully, I, I don't even know if the game was was that close. The Nuggets, they, they, they were not going to lose that night. So 1-0. Next game was the Grizzlies on the road. And this was interesting because obviously there's maybe a, a rivalry between the Lakers and the Nuggets and it was ring night. And so the 
the Nuggets came out and and uh, wanted to kind of show everybody who the champions were, and so there was a little less hype, obviously, for Game Two in Memphis when they're when they're missing some of their players. As ugly as the game was, and as super physical as the game was, the Nuggets were still able to win, and it's just encouraging to see they don't have to play the beautiful brand of basketball that they're kind of known for. The Grizzlies were really trying to maybe frustrate the Nuggets and just be a little extra physical with them, figuring the refs weren't going to call a foul on every single play. And it worked. Like the, it, it was a low-scoring game. It was close, but the Nuggets really showed a toughness, I think more mentally maybe so than physically because it was obvious on the court the Nuggets are just a huge team, starting with Jokic, but also just every other position. We're, we're pretty big. And so when teams do try and get physical, we can give it right back. So that was encouraging. Uh, one of my favorite things from that game was Zeke Naji had the best zero rebound game in NBA history. And what I mean by that is he was all over the place and the Grizzlies couldn't box him out. Like he was, he was a monster. And so they probably fouled him. Oh, I don't know, four or five times when Zeke was trying to get a, a rebound and obviously he doesn't get credit for the rebound because he was fouled, but it was just so impressive to see his, his nickname is tenacious Zeke. And he was definitely showing it that night. And so I just, I, I think it's hilarious. He got zero rebounds, but if you if you watch the game, he was he was the main rebounder for for the bench unit. So it was pretty great. The third game, it was the Thunder. Now uh, we talked about the Thunder in the NBA preview I did with Mason, and they are a, a great young up and coming team. They have a lot of talent. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a superstar. Oh my goodness, the Nuggets dominated. This game was on the road. It was an early start. It's a young team the Nuggets are supposed to be. It's like all the traps of a game where maybe the Nuggets in in past years would have maybe taken it easy or um, not played their best. But this was one of the most complete beatdowns I've seen in a long time. Just every Everything you can imagine, the Nuggets dominated in. They they played so well offensively, starters and bench. They were playing great defensively, and it was just so fun to watch. Like if if they can play that way at all times, man, we're we're not losing. But it was really fun just because it, it it was a quality opponent on the road. We're two and zero on the road now, and that was one of our big concerns last year is kind of how we played on the road. But it just looks like the Nuggets are focused this year. Uh, they held Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander to one of his career low games. And part of that is because of the bench, they're looking legit. And I just love the way they're structured with Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. They're just super athletes that just fly all over the place and they're long. And so it just seems like the benches that we're playing so far have really struggled to do anything with them. Uh, Zeke's a big part of that. I mentioned him during the Memphis game. And Reggie Jackson's playing really well, kind of running the show for them. So Peyton Watson ended up having a career high 17 points, but I'm just so impressed with how the bench is playing together. Uh, It was such a huge weakness for us last year, and it's getting really exciting with kind of how well they're playing so far. And they're young guys, everybody except for Reggie and Jamal, uh, they're, they're, still got tons of potential that maybe they haven't reached. And with this playing time and kind of playing together where they all fit, 
then who knows they could they could keep improving throughout the year which would be scary for the rest of the NBA. So 3 and 0 heading into another home game with the Jazz and it was the second night of a back-to-back so those are always rough uh with travel in between um and they didn't shoot well. You could kind of tell that it was a back-to-back. Everything they were shooting was kind of hitting the front of the rim just they weren't getting the the jump that they normally do on their shots. So uh, it was it was a little rough to watch. They just they weren't playing well in everything that they had done well in Oklahoma. They were kind of struggling a little bit in Denver against Utah, but Utah was playing hard. It was a close game, but again, it just kind of goes to show you the Nuggets are just a professional basketball team that just does just enough even on off nights to to pull it out. And it was close, but it's really sticking out that the Nuggets can win in so many different ways they're not going to have to outscore you they can play a grind grinded out defensive night they can play super physical they can run up and down the court with you like any way you want to play we can play and we will probably play it better so it's just so exciting four and oh to start the season obviously you can't get any better than that but just the way they're doing it too it's uh it's it's getting pretty exciting and we'll 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 uh get more into that in a section here later on. I didn't mention Jokic too much in in the review. I think most fans will agree that uh Jokic is is our is our engine. Everything kind of revolves around him. So I don't want to make it all about Jokic. But I do want to have at least one section where we just talk about how amazing Jokic is. I got to do it. So the way this section will work is I will give couple nominations of amazing, awesome things that Jokic did this week, but I will declare one the winner that will be our favorite Jokicism of the week. Nomination number one, he dominated Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr., Chet Holmgren, and Walker Kessler. Those are probably four of the better defensive centers in the league, and he started out with them all in a row first four games and he was not bothered at all he (laughs) he did so well in every game and uh it just looks like he's kind of on a mission this year so that is nomination number one nomination number two he tied jason kidd and lebron james with 107 triple doubles now this is all time so he's tied two of the greats and he did it in far less games. He's still got a long way to go. He's going to keep working his way up the list, but it's just really fun to see his names along some of the the greats that have ever played. Now, those nominations are good, but our winner for our favorite Jokism of the week, the three-quarter alley-oop pass from out of bounds to Aaron Gordon in Memphis. Now, if you haven't seen this play, please look it up. It's it's ridiculous. It, it almost looks uh, edited as if it was uh, one of those commercials they used to do where guys were making all sorts of crazy trick shots and stuff because the ball kind of leaves the frame of the camera and then Gordon dunks it just because the cameraman wasn't expecting it because why would you? No one ever would even think to do that, but, but Jokic does. That pass was one of the best passes I've ever seen. So it's our it's our winner for our, our first favorite Jokicism of the week. Second category is going to be our repeat confidence, meaning how confident am I in the Nuggets this week that we are going to repeat and go back-to-back as champions? 
Well, when you go 4-0 and and pretty much win in every way possible and look good doing it, I'm going to say the confidence, it's out of 10. To borrow a line from uh, DNVR, the vibes are immaculate right now. We are feeling good. We are starting to really think about, can we become one of the all-time great teams? It looks like if the Nuggets want to focus and play the way they are each week, I don't know who's going to beat us. We're deep, talented, and looks like we're motivated. So, yeah, repeat confidence is at a 10 right now. I don't I don't know what they could have done to uh, impress me more this week. Next section, what I'm looking forward to. So right now we're in the middle of five games and seven nights. So it's a kind of a early test for the guys uh, that could wear them out. I think uh, one thing that's been a little noticeable is not all the guys are in peak condition right now. You can see they get a little, little tired early on, but it'll be good for them. They, they've already uh, played a few of the games. Now they, they play again. I'm recording this on Wednesday, so they'll play Minnesota tonight. And then they have a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. So a lot of games in a short period of time. Uh, It's going to be a good test. They're going up against good teams, and so far so good. But Minnesota was our toughest opponent in the playoffs last year. And then Luka and the Mavs are playing pretty well. Uh, Well, Luka specifically. He's carrying the Mavs. But uh, it's going to be a great, great week. Um, hopefully they can kind of finish us out. And this is really, I think the only time this season that we have five games and seven nights. So we pass this first test then it's uh, a little bit easier from here on out. Uh, next thing I'm looking forward to is more Julian Strother minutes. So if, if y'all don't know, Julian Strother was our first round pick this year. He did, played really, really well in the preseason. Um, he's a great shooter. Uh, he's kind of surprising people with his defense and how well he's fitting into the team. But uh, Coach Malone has gotten Strother in for maybe about five or six minutes the last couple of games, and, and he's looking good. And I think it's really going to build momentum for him and kind of get his confidence going. And if if he can play as well as he did in the preseason and we have like another score to bring off the bench and he doesn't really bring us down defensively, then it just gives us so much more flexibility if there's an injury or if a guy needs a night off, then we can plug him in and the bench won't miss a beat. And obviously it's just great to have more talent and more young guys to to play out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Julian can do this week and hopefully he'll get more playing time. And the last thing I'm looking forward to this week is we have our first game of the midseason tournament. Uh, This is something new the NBA is trying out just to make some of these regular season games a little bit more interesting. So every or or the whole NBA was divided up into groups and you will play each team in your group one time. And then the teams with the best group records will advance to kind of like the tournament side of of this uh, bracket. And there's also two wild cards that advance as well. But it'll be fun. Just see, see what happens. It can't hurt. Like the winner gets some extra money. So I think that'll mean a lot to the the young guys who aren't making as much, but I think the winner of the tournament gets $500,000 per player. So, um, that's, that's, that's worth trying for, but our first game is against Luca and Dallas on Friday. Um, they're pulling out like a special court for it and NBA is trying to hype it up. So I'm all for it. I think it'll be fun. Like, why not? The games are going to be played anyway. Why not have something to, 
keep track of or a little bit extra significance to it. And if, if the teams don't want to do it, then, then whatever, but nuggets are going to get that win. Now I want this podcast to kind of be inclusive and help other fans be better fans. So I want to do a recommendation each week in this section, and it could be a a cool article that I read or a podcast or, um, someone to follow on social media. It could be anything. I just, I want to recommend something that I think if you're listening to this podcast that you'll probably enjoy as well. So my recommendation this week is a new basketball podcast called Six Trophies. It's hosted by two of my favorite basketball personalities, Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion. And it's it's more on the silly side. Like if you're looking for hardcore analytic stats and everything, then it's probably not for you. But these guys know basketball, and I think they're hilarious. So if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, then I would recommend Six Trophies. And last, my last section is I wanted to admit that if if you talk to me um, or listen to the podcast, uh, I talk about the Nuggets quite a bit. Like I said, I, I love them. But uh, I do have to admit that there are other teams in the NBA. So this section is called, oh, there's other teams? where I'll talk about other teams. Today, we're going to talk about the James Harden trade. It just happened, and obviously, it could be big or it could be a a whole lot of nothing. But the Clippers acquired Harden from the 76ers after Harden cried his way out of town. I guess I'm, I'm lukewarm on the trade for both sides. Harden, obviously, is getting up there in age. He's not quite as good as he used to be. Uh, he's still very talented, but he... I don't know how much of a team player he is. And so when you're adding him on to a Clipper team that already has a bunch of superstars, then I don't know how that's going to, how it's going to fit. And then those superstars are often hurt. And so their, their plan of having all these guys, we might not even get to see it. Um, Just the chances are of all those guys who are uh, a little bit up there in age, being healthy for the playoffs is, is very slim. So I don't see it. I, I think it. I guess it's worth a shot. They didn't really give up anything, so we'll get to that on the 76er side. But it, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of a we'll see for me because I, I just don't see how it's going to fit on the court. There's only one ball. It's almost like the Suns, except now the Clippers have four guys that want the ball all the time. So I don't know. It, it almost reminds me maybe more of like the Rockets back in the 90s when they had. Elijah Drexler, Pippen, Barkley, like all, all, all those guys together. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, for the 76ers, they were trying so hard to get a superstar for Harden, but the the league collectively kind of went, nah, we're, we're good. You, you go ahead and keep him. Except for the Clippers. They threw a few picks and some players at him, but uh, nothing that I think really improves the team. Um, I am hearing some other podcasts say that they, they think the picks are valuable and that uh, – they might be able to trade for a superstar uh, with these picks. So I guess it's uh, a to be determined on their side of it. But I don't know. Like I mentioned in the NBA preview with Mason, are superstars going to want to go to Philadelphia and be Embiid's sidekick? Because I think right now that's their whole plan is to have a bunch of cap space to either trade for a superstar or someone will come next year. And if it ends up that they're waiting until next year, it's going to be devastating to them if they can't get a free agent to sign there 
that that's almost going to guarantee that Embiid asks out. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think it was addition by subtraction for the 76ers. Might as well get rid of a guy that doesn't want to be there and hopefully they can kind of just play without him. So, uh, yeah, that's the section of, Oh, there's other teams. All right, y'all. That's all I got for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed this little shorter episode, just talking about the nuggets and, uh, we will be back next week with, uh, another round of, of the nuggets review. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fandom From Afar on either Apple, Spotify, or whatever podcast directory you like listening to on. It will help other potential listeners see that people are enjoying the show if there's subscribers. So if you can subscribe, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening.